welcome to the Airline Weekly Lounge. I'm your host, Edward Russell, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jay Shabbat, to discuss Ryanair and Alaska Airlines second quarter results. Enjoy. Hey, Jay. Happy earnings to you and yours. How's your week going? Yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're knee deep in the earnings season here. That's right. This week, we've already had no, sorry, we're recording listeners on Wednesday, July 26th. So we've already had Ryanair, Alaska, Hawaiian, Valeris, and we still have Southwest, IAG, and Air France to come. So it's a busy week. And don't forget Finnair and EasyJet. Ah, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Those two, those two. They keep coming out hot and fast. So yeah, yeah. well, tell us a little bit about Ryanair, Jay. What did they have to say? Sure. Oh, well, there's so much to say about Ryanair and we could spend so long. I'll, I'll focus on a few few highlights. First, I'll start with the uh, the headline number here. Uh, they had a 19% operating margin, 19.5%. And that uh, as... Um, as you imagine, that's uh, that ranks very well. Um, in fact, that's the highest uh, that any airline has reported so far. It's still early in the earnings season, but nineteen uh, percent, very, very, uh, very strong quarter. They Ryanair did um, say that short haul close in bookings, and remember, Ryanair does take quite a bit of short haul business traffic. It's not just a leisure airline, and their yes. short haul bookings for the summer. Uh, are showing some signs of softening. So there is that. Now, again, this is all coming from very, very, very strong levels of demand. So I don't think that it's anything that should, you know, cause anyone any concern or worry. I think it's all, all you know, all around a, a very good picture. Uh, now, Michael O'Leary, the CEO of Ryanair, Ryanair is, uh, you know, he's, he's someone who will... <laughs> He's a glass half empty type person and he's always, uh, you know, he'll always accentuate the negative in these earnings calls. So this is, you know. this is true. Sorry. I'm going to do an, I'm going to jump in or even aside, yeah. Jay. So, um, prior to the last few years, I never covered Ryanair and that's something I've definitely noticed in his, in, in O'Leary's comments. He's always sort of raising, well, things could go bad. So this could be tough. You know, he's always raising the negative. Uh, even if the airline, you know, ends up doing quite well, it's he's uh, he seems like he's always on the yeah, like you said, glass half empty side of the spectrum. Right, right. Oh, fares are just going to be terrible this winter. It's going to be a bloodbath. It's going <laughs> to never quite that bad. And they always like perform fantastically well. I think part of it is that you know O'Leary is a famously good negotiator, and when he yes. when he when he when he's in a room negotiating contracts with unions or airports or. He he doesn't want to say, oh, things are going great all the time, you know, because that's not a good uh, a good stance from which to negotiate. So it's I think that maybe plays plays into that a little bit. You know, we want to we want to emphasize how how risky things are and how you know well we can we we gotta you gotta give some concessions on uh, the cost side when you're negotiating with me because because <laughs> <laughs> things are looking yes, really bad. Yes, um, and probably a little bit of that. I mean, some of it maybe is personality, but uh, you know. There, there's no bottom line is is Ryanair is uh, perhaps the most successful airline of all time. You can maybe argue it's Southwest and they've been in the business longer. But uh, certainly, um, you know, over the past decade or two, Ryanair's margins have been quite, quite a bit higher than Southwest. So uh, just an incredible, incredible business model. And one thing I want to emphasize is that uh, Ryan, within Europe right now, there are you can count on probably both your hands 
the number of airlines that are actually larger today than in 2019. And Ryanair is one of them by a lot. So it's like, yeah. I mean, you can go through it like Ryanair, uh, Wizz Air, Aegean, Jet2.com. Don't overlook them. They're uh, they're yeah. they're growing very fast. Volatea, Transavia, a few, few others. But, but Ryanair right. is about a third bigger than it was in terms of sea capacity. Uh, Which so that's is crazy. It's crazy to, to think that. Yeah, crazily impressive. So they just anytime a crisis hits, they always wind up coming out ahead and taking advantage of it. And they're doing. They they did exactly that during COVID. Uh, and you know, look, EasyJet is down. I mean, that's uh, they're, they're another low cost carrier that sometimes people compare with Ryanair. They're smaller today than 2019. So Ryanair is just a lot bigger. And one of you know they keep as they just keep. Uh, amassing this colossal size, and it really is just massive now. I mean, you're starting to approach like U.S. levels of of uh, massivity. Is that a word? But uh, I mean, you know, four or five hundred aircraft now, with another four or five hundred in order. I don't quote me on those numbers, but it's just you know, you're starting to get into this scale where you do have just this immense negotiating leverage when you're talking with Boeing or you're talking with an airport, or whatever. Um, that that's you know. That serves them really, really well. So that's one point. I, I mean, I mean, no, you you say like they're approaching those levels, but I'd say they are. I mean, their their size is comparable to. I mean, they're only a couple hundred planes smaller than Southwest, uh, but in the European marketplace, yep. they are the largest airline. Not largest not counting long haul, but in Europe, they Correct. are the largest airline, and by a by a wide margin. By a wide margin, I mean they're the largest airline in Italy, which is their largest market. They're, I believe, the largest airline in Spain, the largest airline in the UK. I mean, yeah, they, they, as you said, they are, they are the biggest in Europe, and so yeah, they do. I was just in terms. I mean, Southwest is still a bigger airline, so I was only, you know, that was that was my frame of reference when I said they're approaching U.S. levels of, uh, you know, immensity. But, uh, but yeah, that's. I mean, they're they're bigger than Alaska and JetBlue, and so yeah, huge, huge, huge airline. And the only other thing I'll bring up, I mean, there's just. I encourage everyone to listen to, you know, O'Leary's call because there's just so much great stuff in there and so many insights into not only Ryanair business, but where things are going in Europe. But anyway, I'll just call one other point uh, point out. They were asked about mergers and acquisitions and Ryanair is not um, totally, uh, you know, they, they've they've done mergers before. They've done takeovers. They've always started in small they took over, uh, what was it, uh, Buzz Buzz Air, which was like an old KLM. Yeah, didn't they take some of um, the Lotta Lotta Air's assets yep. when they before the pandemic? Yeah. Yep, that was another one, and they formed a new airline joint venture with the governor of Malta, and you know they do little things here and there, but they basically said those deals, by the way, were were you know a lot of headaches, and so they're not interested in doing anything more, and they certainly don't want to do anything big now they do they're very much on the side of the coin where it's like uh you know just just you know compete fiercely until the competitor pulls out and take the market then buy the competitor that's that's definitely i'd say their business plan exactly or let somebody else buy the competitor (laughs) you know we don't want to we don't want to have to digest it ourselves and that's you know they've been saying that for a long time they they believe that europe and and remember i mean this is a whole nother discussion but remember that the U.S. industry has become much more consolidated with six or seven big mergers, you know, since 2005. And Europe, that has there has been some big mergers, but it's still a very fragmented industry. It's an industry where a lot of 
ailing airlines have been propped up by foreign money. I mean, if you think everything Virgin Atlantic with Delta's money and, you know, for a long time, Alitalia with Etihad money and Air Berlin with Etihad money. I mean, some of those have disappeared, but um, Tap Air Portugal is, uh, you know, was had uh, money from David Nealman. And I mean, it just goes on and on. So still a very fragmented sector. And O'Leary has been saying for a long time that it's going to continue to consolidate. And that's in fact happening. I mean, we saw what Lufthansa is now, you know, investing in Alitalia's successor, ITA, and Tapper Portugal seems to be on the block, Air France, KLM seems to be interested. So we'll probably see more consolidation. Uh, you know, the consolidation trend will proceed. Uh, and, you know, will, will it ever get to U.S. levels of consolidation? I don't know, maybe not. But uh, but that's something O'Leary is certainly, uh, you know, something he talks about all the time. For sure, for sure. Did um, I do want to ask? Did he talk anything about specific markets, how they're doing, or, or you know, the push east, or you know, or was he mostly broad in his comments? Yeah, Ryanair is very. They're usually generally broad. They don't um, they don't talk about markets a lot in terms of how they're doing individual ones. Now, a couple a couple of points. They did say that Europe in general this uh, this summer is one of the reasons why it's very strong short haul Europe is that there are so many Americans and even Asians now that are visiting Europe and flying around within the continent. So let's say, you know, someone from New York will get on a, an American Airlines plane to London. They'll spend a couple of days in London, then they'll get on a Ryanair plane and go visit Italy. That's like very, very, very common this summer. And it's really uh, benefiting Ryanair and probably all the LCCs. So there is that. Now, they are, as you mentioned, um, as you kind of alluded to, they're 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 pushing further and further east. Some of that is because the planes that they're getting have longer range. Some of it is just because a lot of the Western European markets are becoming more mature. So they're looking at places like Albania is a big growth market. Um, they're going into some Middle Eastern markets now. Now, Wizz Air is doing this to even more of an extreme. I mean, they're based for the right. East anyway, but they're, you know, Saudi Arabian joint venture and things like that. Ryanair is not doing that. Um, they are another big market that they really want to get back into is Ukraine. And they said, you know, as yes, soon as we're safe, spoken we're ready repeatedly to go. about that. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's um, def definitely looking East. Now, they're well, always, per they're periodically asked, you know, you're going to look West, you're going to go transatlantic. And uh, <laughs> they, you know, they always, they always say, no, there was, I think there was a time you know, maybe a decade ago where, where they were they were thinking that it might work, but uh, I, I don't I don't think they're going to do it. And if they did, I don't think it would work very well, frankly. Yeah, that's something that uh, O'Leary has been poo-pooing for, for a few earnings cycles at this point. Correct. Well, with that, we're going to hop across the Atlantic uh, and go to uh, the West Coast, talk about Alaska when we come back. back. As I mentioned, we're going to talk about Alaska Airlines results now, and uh, there's some interesting parallels between Alaska and Ryanair. Uh, top line is that you know, airfares on domestic U.S. flights are actually uh, starting to decrease, uh, much like Ryanair mentioned is happening in some European markets. Now, Alaska was very clear about what they're seeing is demand is still robust. It's just that capacity is up in the domestic market. I looked at DO numbers and it was up about 2.5% uh, over 2019 in the second quarter. And at the same time, um, a lot of Americans, uh, again, going to what Ryanair said, are traveling internationally. 
rather than taking domestic trips, uh, because most restrictions have disappeared this summer, whereas last summer, summer 2022, uh, there were still a number of restrictions in place. So yeah, what, what did you take from Alaska's result, results, Jay? Yeah, well, the funny thing is, I mean, if you read just the headlines and didn't look at their numbers or didn't listen to their call, you would think, oh, wow, things are things are awful in Alaska because <laughs> their stock started tumbling and uh, you know, Wall Street was starting to write all terrible things about their demand. And and <laughs> it's fun. well, I'll tell you this for starters. Um, so I said Ryanair earned a 19% margin and they were, you know, that was fantastic. Well, Alaska did 18%. So they're right there. Fantastic, fantastic quarter. They said their full year results are going to be great, you know, just right on par with 2019. They had a good year in 2019. So things seem to be. So what's going on? And, you know, the image I had in mind, do you remember, Ned, when you were a kid, there was that game Operation where you had to like pick I do. It's funny. <laughs> uh, when I was in Maine uh, at my friend's camp the other week, they they had a, I was just showing my son that over the weekend. So right, right. <laughs> I'm familiar with that game. Totally. And, you know, like you have to pick the bone out of the guy's body. And if you hit the edge, you go, you know, you get that big buzzing sound. Well, I kind of yep. felt like, you know, listening to that Alaska call, Wall Street was like, you know, they were waiting on, they were just waiting for Alaska to say something negative about domestic demand. And as soon as they did, you know, you know that big, that big, uh, that big buzzing sound went off. And I think people that, that alarmed people when they said that, yeah, you know, domestic demand's looking a little bit softer than it was, maybe a little bit softer than we expected. But, you know, let's keep things in perspective here. Um, it is true that a lot of Americans are fly, flying international this this spring, this summer. Uh, and that did perhaps take away, take some of the steam out of domestic demand, some of the steam, but still very, very strong yields. Um, you know, fares are, you know, historically very strong. Um, so I think it's, you know, and they even said, you know, some of the corporate stuff is coming back on the West Coast. The IT corporate is coming back. That's been weak. Which is not um, baked into Alaska's guidance. So all potential right. upside if, if corporate recovers, starts to recover. Starts to recover. Yep. And then, you know, fuel was was, was way down. Um, there was just a lot of a lot of things to like about Alaska's numbers. Um, that was my now, impression what, what, anyway. Yeah. What struck me, Jay, was, you know, we had there was such heady growth last summer like rasm up 20 30 percent is unheard of and that kind of right. growth was just unsustainable everyone exactly. agreed it was unsustainable fares were bound to come down and the truth is is um even if you know we were never going to stay there it was always going to be some easing alaska's numbers are still quite good they're they're Rasm is still above 2019 levels, even if it is coming down. And, you know, I, I, I get some of the concerns about, you know, the continued elevated capacity growth are growing 10% in the third quarter, and they're not getting any chasm X gains. Okay, so that's a mild concern. But, you know, their margins are still excellent. They're still producing, you know, fantastic financial results. And, and if, you know, Rasm keeps falling into 2024, and, and management at Alaska seems to think it'll it'll level off before that, you know, we've seen it again and again. You can pull in capacity growth. That that will happen quickly. The industry will react. But it for now, it just it seems like the reaction in Wall Street was just, or in the stock market was just, you know, way way beyond the you know guidance that Alaska provided. I think so. I, I think so. And you know, one thing about capacity too is some of that extra capacity, some of that capacity growth is actually just that they're operating a better airline. I mean, they're not canceling as much as they were last year. 
which adds to ASMs this year. So that's, you know, that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And, you know, even on the, the, the chasm side, the, call, the unit cost side, there's, you know, they're still not, the industry is still not back to, you know, full utilization of their workers, full utilization of their aircraft, but they're starting to get close. And so that's going to be kind of a tailwind on the on the non-field unit cost side too. So, um, but, you know, I go back to the revenue side and, you know, I hear them say, you know, premium demand, very strong, you know, <laughs> Seattle apparently is very strong. Some of the transcon stuff they said was, was pretty good. Um, you know, they, they said the loyalty plan is going well. They're participating in some of the international strength by, you know, they just joined one world and they're, uh, you know, they have an alliance with American. So, you know, I hear a lot more good than bad. I, I did in that call. So <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that was my take. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. I think the I think investors were eager for a reset in some airline stocks, but we will get more guidance on the U.S. domestic market, of course, as Southwest goes on Thursday, July twenty seventh. That's uh, after we're recording the podcast. You know, they are one of the largest domestic airline with almost no internet, with very little international presence, percentage wise. I, I Southwest listeners will be keen to email me, I'm sure, about uh, all their international flying. But I mean, they are more than 90% of domestic airlines. So we'll get a much bigger yeah, picture of the domestic market. Because of course, Alaska is a West Coast airline. They aren't really a national carrier. They are a right. West Coast airline. Right. And when asked when asked during the call if you know any geography was particularly weak, they said, no, they're seeing you know, a broad-based. We don't know, maybe one is, and they didn't want to talk about it, but they wouldn't go into, you know, <laughs> their view is very much the West Coast. Southwest will give us a national view of, of what's happening. And I think that's going to be a lot more telling to where the market is. Yeah. And if, if I can just, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go down this may be uh, interesting for our listeners just to go very quickly through some of the, uh, we'll just stick to the U.S., I guess, uh, of the airlines that are reported so far. And remember, this is Wednesday. I guess you guys will be hearing this on Friday, but uh, so we don't have Southwest yet. But um, so we had uh yeah, Delta and United had a 17% margin, both at 17%. American was at 15. And we said last, I think in our previous podcast, that they're a little bit more exposed to domestic. So maybe not as strong as, as Delta and United. Still very good, though. Alaska, as I mentioned, 18. And then the only other one we have so far is sort of the bad news story. The black sheep here is uh, Hawaiian, negative 2%. You can read about that on our, you know, on our website or Airline Weekly, which comes out uh, every Monday, um, read more about them. But that's a little bit of a you know different story there. Yeah, no, exactly. It'll be interesting. But for you know, by and large, we agree. You know, Alaska's guide is is good, definitely, and and I think the the return to business travel from West Coast corporates is you know a significant potential upside for them that really isn't baked into their numbers right now. And uh, it's, you know, we don't know where that's going to go. Uh, not saying it's going to fully bounce back uh, in the fourth, you know, by the end of the year, it's at 75% currently. But, um, you know, it's business is, is coming back. And I hear from my friends in the tech industry that, you know, the layoffs are done. Some companies are even uh, saying they laid off too much uh, internally, yeah. at least. Well, and, yeah, this um, artificial intelligence, uh, <laughs> you know, investment now, which is, that's, that's kind of, giving giving the IT sector another uh, another boost and they're kind of rehiring some people. So I think that's probably helpful. I even saw today that San Francisco's office real estate is actually starting to see some momentum again because of this, you know, artificial intelligence boost. So that that should help Alaska. Absolutely. Absolutely. But now, well, but now here's here's one more one more question before we go, Ned, for you. This is a theoretical one. 
Uh, so Alaska, one of the issues they're going to, you know, they're increasingly coming up against is that uh, they can't really expand too much more in Seattle. And Seattle is their bread and butter. That's where they make their money. It's just the airport doesn't have any room to expand uh, that much anyway. So then you start to think about mergers and acquisitions. Do you think Alaska would uh, have any interest in buying Hawaiian? Um, I saw your poll on LinkedIn this morning. Yeah, Jay, we do LinkedIn I polls. Have, if you, you should, yeah, everybody should go yeah. on my LinkedIn and uh, answer my poll question. I so, in my opinion, and this is a uh, personal opinion, so you know, take it with a grain of salt. I don't think Alaska has any appetite for another merger right now, um, let alone the regulatory environment. So I'd say no, but it is an interesting proposal. They definitely are similar, have similar characteristics uh, in terms of airlines with, you know, Alaska has its unique in-state Alaska operation. Hawaiian is the main airline in, in the Hawaiian Islands. I see there being some, you know, corporate synergies there because they would bring that knowledge that maybe a larger American or Delta really wouldn't have. But I, I really don't think Alaska has any appetite to buy another airline at this point. Yeah, no, that's that's a fair. Uh, I think that's a. Well, what do you think, Jay? Do you think it? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, my opinion is that there, there's, as you mentioned, there are a lot of hurdles. I mean, I think for for one, that Virgin America takeover was a bit hard to digest. That was uh, didn't go as smoothly as they may have hoped. So that's that's one thing that may, you know, dictate against something like that. They'd also, you know, have a messy fleet integration. They, you know, Hawaiian is generally Airbus and. Alaska is generally Boeing and, you know, you start to get into a lot of complexities, but what makes me just bring it up is, is, you know, Alaska does have this long-term growth question that they're going to have to answer. I mean, another alternative is you go out and order wide bodies. Uh, you know, there's a lot of risk in that too. Like if you buy Hawaiian, you, you know, you inherit the wide bodies, but, uh, and you know, Hawaiian is a really, really nice market to have. Uh, so there's, you know, you can see some logic behind it. Yeah, but I absolutely. You brought in those you. wide bodies. Suddenly, you can build your own international gateway in Seattle. Something yep. Alaska doesn't have, you know. Yep. But again, I don't think they have the appetite for that. But that's just my personal opinion. There yeah. are and, and probably it, and people may... in Seattle that are have talked about this. So you know, yeah. Right, and who knows? I mean, maybe it's not something that ever crossed them up. But it just, just you know, it's something to think about. Not tomorrow, or you know, but maybe down the road. Uh, although, you know, now would be an interesting time to buy Hawaiian because they're struggling. And so, you know, you don't want to buy them at the top of the market. So, uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll be surprised, but, uh, yeah, no, it's just an interesting, uh, thought experiment and thought exercise. For sure. For sure. Well, with that listeners, we're going to leave it there and you can think about a potential Alaska Hawaiian merger all you want. <laughs> um, if you want to send us your thoughts or comments, please, you can email me at er at skift.com you can email jay at js at skift.com jay it's always a pleasure yeah thanks ned likewise and uh yeah I, I echo that ned sentiment send us your opinions go on our linkedin page we're very active on linkedin we've got poll questions and all that fun stuff every day so uh follow us share your opinion and uh otherwise we'll see you next week Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Airline Weekly Lounge podcast. Check out airlineweekly.com for a new issue every Monday and updates on the latest airline news throughout the week.